Welcome to Pivot Talks with PC. My name is Pauline Caballero, and we're talking change. It isn't coming. It's here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pivot Talks with PC. I am really excited about this episode. So as many of you know who have been listening, I have two sons. I unfortunately have two goaltenders, or fortunately, Uh, The jury still is out on that one. (laughs) I joke around all the time saying I must have done something really bad in a past life to have two kids that want to be goaltenders. But um, no, nonetheless, we were introduced to the gentleman that we're going to be speaking to today, Pete Fry, through a goalie training that my eldest son, Noah, who is actually just headed off to Germany to play for the year. And Pete was instrumental and continues to be instrumental in the mental game of hockey. And so Pete has completely changed Noah's game. And even actually the way in which we speak as parents to Noah's game, like, you know, Pete, I'll never forget the cue that you gave Noah, which was you just didn't come up with the result that you were looking for tonight versus saying that you lost the game. And when you shared that with Noah, it completely shifted, I mean, quite frankly, pivoted my thought process and my language with my son. And so, you know, I'm super excited to have you here. For those of you that are hockey junkies, because I know many of you guys that follow me are, (laughs) I know a lot of you guys are really involved in some, you know, professional and amateur hockey. Um, You'll love Pete Fry. And then also those of you that are very interested in emotional intelligence and IQ, and how do you maintain that level of set you know, not too high, not too low. This episode is also for you. So Pete, like maybe you can start off with just introducing yourself. So first of all, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thanks a lot, Pauline. And I didn't know it was, I didn't know that a shortened version for your name is PC. I'm going to start calling you PC from now on. I love it. (laughs) That that, that is fantastic. Very excited to be on here. And, you know, I've been uh, excited and grateful to ever since I I met, I think I, I actually, I first met uh, your, your, your husband in Detroit, right? It was like an Eli Wilson camp that I was speaking at and he, he's a great guy. We had great conversations there, kind of clicked and stuff. And then, yeah, I met, I met you. I remember uh, I meeting you over the phone and then on zoom and then, then working with, with Noah and Noah has been fantastic to fantastic to work with. And yeah, I'm just excited if, if, if the, the, that's what inspires me, if, if I can make a difference and it sounds like I have, then that's what this is all about is making a difference for people. Yeah. And how exactly, so like Pete, you do a a plethora, like I sort of am drawn to you as well, because you have very much of a very similar uh, quality that I have, which I like to call the serial and chronic entrepreneur. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So maybe you can tell us a little bit about like, what do you do? What, what I specialize in is mindset training for high-level goaltenders. So specifically goalies that want to have a great goalie career. And, you know, a lot of guys are playing, they're playing pro already. They're in, say, the American Hockey League. They're not quite in the National Hockey League or they're just on the cusp of the National Hockey League. And there's other, other goalies that are younger, like Noah, but have a great vision for their goalie career. That I'll, that I'll work with uh, as well too. And my main target there 
is to help them maximize the potential in their goalie career. Because I think most goalies don't really, number one, understand that there is a potential of, of, of a career out there for them. And a lot of them, if they do, they, they don't understand how far they can actually take it. They don't understand how far they can take it. And so I, I, I specialize with goaltenders. I do also work with some players and, and people in other sports and stuff like that. But my main specialty is, is goaltending. Mm, I love that. And I mean, it's interesting because we all have a limiting belief system, right? Because really what you're speaking to is that limiting belief that things can only go so far. Things are always this way. Limiting beliefs and or fixed mindset even. Yes. Yes, exactly. In fact, so so the thing that drives me, if people say, you know, what's your why now? Why do you do what you do? Why would you want to work with with goaltenders? And so so it goes back to myself when, when, when I played. I was 19 years old and I get a call from Marshall Johnson, director player personnel of New Jersey Devils. And he's like, Pete, welcome to the New Jersey Devils. We've just drafted you. Welcome to the National Hockey League. Look forward to seeing you in training camp in September. Come here, have fun. And so then I I hung up the phone and I just came off a season where I was, I I played out West in the Western Hockey League. I'm actually from Ontario originally, but played out West. Just came off a season where I was, an all-star in the Western Hockey League, played like 50-something games for a goaltender, had a great season, was on, on top of the world. And I didn't think I could play in the National Hockey League. Mm. And so I hung up the phone and my first thoughts were, I don't have a chance. And I think it all comes down to, and so, so what happens, so, so, I, so I, I take that, and I think it all comes down to, if, if we don't, whether for goaltenders or whether it's an on, whether you're an entrepreneur or anything that you do, I would say if you don't have that clear picture of your future, you don't have that clear picture of who you want to be. And I know they talk about goal setting and people set goals and, and which, which is great, which is great, but you need to turn that into, into, to me, into a clear picture, almost like if, if someone's going to build a house, if someone's going to, to build a house, they're not just going to start building the house. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people do with their goalie career. That's what a lot of entrepreneurs do is that they just start building the house. And, and, and then what, what is it going to look like? They have no idea. They have no idea. So that, that's what I really help goalies to do. So, so for example, I got some guys that are on the verge of, of breaking into the National Hockey League. They already have a clear picture of seeing themselves winning the Vezina trophy. In fact, I get my, I get my graphics guy to do a picture of them actually holding the Vezina trophy over, over their head. So they can see that when they wake up in the morning before they go to bed at night. And what happens when, when you, when you have that clear picture there and you start to look at it every morning, you look at it every night, you're, you're dealing with what's called your, your subconscious mind, which is way more powerful than, than our conscious mind. And it doesn't know what is real and what is not real. And I always say, you know, do you like scary movies? And, and some people are like, yes, yeah. some people know. And I say, okay, but we can agree that they're totally fake. We know they're fake, but how come you get scared when you watch a scary movie? Because your subconscious mind doesn't know what's real and, what, and what, what is imagined. And therefore, by having that clear picture, we, we, we take different actions, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's so funny, you know, Noah, um, my older son, he has a sign 
written sign. And he must have done it, I think, in your very first camp. And it says, I will win a Stanley Cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then it has an arrow pointing to a jersey that's hanging there on the wall. And that uh, is very fascinating because it's a simple action. You know, and I love, I love that picture of like, you're, you're creating for the people that you're coaching, you're creating a picture of them holding the Vesna cup. And for those of you that are listening, that don't know, that's sort of like the best um, award that a goalie can win. It basically means like you won, you're like the best, you are the best in the league. And it's sort of a goaltender's dream. And it's that visualization, that manifestation of what could be. And so for yourself, when you got that phone call and you're like, I, I can't play in the NHL, how did you, what did you do? How did you overcome it? <laughs> how did I over, I didn't, I didn't. What, what, what happened was, and once again, I came up to the season where I was an all-star. I was in great shape. I was in phenomenal shape okay. and, and I got into, and I know we've, we, I've talked to you about Noah about this, the athlete mindset or the fan mindset. I was in the fan mindset. And this is something that can be applied to more than athletes. This can be applied to entrepreneurs or business people, anyone. I was in the fan mindset. And so to, to just visualize what a fan mindset is, you think of a fan in the stands at a hockey game. The team's about to score. The fan's jumping up in the, the air. The, the ref makes a bad call. The fan is booing. The player on the team of the fan's team gets hurt and then the the, the fan is super upset. Their team scores. The fan is super excited. Their team does lets in a goal. The fan gets all upset. And, and after they lose, the fan is basically crying or celebrating. What, what I say to my goaltenders, and I think for all of us, we can learn from this is remain in the athlete mindset. And so what an athlete mindset is, it's more of like a warrior type mindset where you are, if you, if your team gives up the puck, you're actually happy. If you're a goaltender, cause you want the extra action. If your team takes a penalty, you're, 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 you're happy because you want those extra shots. And when your demon has a puck in your own end, instead of saying like, I would get it out, get it out, get it out. You're picturing in your head, your demon turning the puck over. So then when it happens, you're actually ahead of the play. Mm-hmm. And what, what happened going back to, to, to my story there, I had fallen totally in the fan mindset back. It was before the, the internet. It was before the internet, but I got the hockey news yearbook and I studied every NHL team. And I thought if they draft me, I can play there. If they draft me, they got too many goalies. So if there's, if there's people that are on the podcast that are 40, 50 and they're, they're into hockey, they will remember uh, when I got drafted, I thought New Jersey has too many good goalies. They had Sean Burke, Chris Terreri, uh, Bob Sove, Alan Shevry were their number one and two. Then they had Kirk McLean and Craig Billington. And I just thought, there's no chance. There's no chance. Why did they even draft me? This is a joke. And so I didn't even work out that whole summer. I barely even worked out. I go to training camp. They, they pick me up, take me to the hotel. I get in my, my room. My roommate is Anders Carlson, one of the Swedes on the team. And he, and he said, Pete, check out the roster. So I check out the training camp roster. And the first thing it said was, delete Sean Burke to the Canadian national team. Cause this was 87 and the Olympics were in 88. It said, delete Chris Terreri to the U S national team. And then it said, delete Kirk McLean. He's been traded to Vancouver Canucks for, for Patrick Sundstrom. They did not have enough goalies in training camp. They didn't have enough goalies. It was easy pickings. It was easy pickings. The next day we have our fitness testing. 
fitness testing. And this is where the rubber hits the road. And the first thing we do is we do the VO2 max test. Not sure if you're familiar with the VO2 max or the listeners are, but a VO2 max, the, the simple version of a VO2 max test is a beep test. If you've ever done the beep test in school, but how the VO2 max test works is they put a tube in your mouth and they measure your oxygen intake and outtake. They, they have a heart rate monitor on you and you do it either running or on a bike. So I did it running. So what happens the first minute, it's pretty slow on the treadmill and it's, it's no incline. The second minute, it goes up a little bit. It's a little faster. Every minute it gets faster and more incline. The goal is to go as long as you can. Whoever goes the longest wins. And, and so they teamed me up with the two Swedes on the team, which back in the day, the Swedes were always in the, the Swedes were always in the very best shape back in the day. Right. And so Anders Carlson goes on first and, and he gets about 13, 14 minutes, which is a really good time. Patrick Sundstrom was the other guy that I was partnered with to do it. He does about 15, 16 minutes. I get on and I'm done in like seven or eight minutes, seven or eight minutes. It was either later that day or the next day, the head coach of the team. I don't know. I forget if it was Terry Carpenter or Doug Carpenter. I got a clear picture of him. He coached the Maple Leafs later on, I believe. Okay. He had reddish type hair. He was a super nice guy, but he pulls me aside and he said, do you know how, who had the lowest score of anyone in training camp here in the VO2 max test? And he, of course, he was referring to me. <laughs> Anyways, everything I did in that training camp, I did not do well. And I didn't have a clear picture. Right. I was more excited to go back to my junior team and kind of be the cool guy that went to training camp is now back playing as his junior team. Like I was, I, I actually... My time at a training camp there, I put it in the same category as, have you ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? Yep. Jim Carrey and his buddy, at the end of the movie, they are walking down the road in the middle of nowhere because their moped broke down. Their moped or whatever they had broke down. They're in the middle of nowhere. And this bus pulls up beside them. It's these girls in bikinis. And they say, we're looking for two guys to oil us down every night. Can you hop on the bus? And, and. Jim Carrey and his buddy, they look at each other. They get all excited. And they're like, you girls are in luck. There's a town about five miles that way. And he points one way. And, and then the girls look at each other like, who are these guys? And they take off. And Jim Carrey looks at his buddy. And he's like, are, you, are we idiots? What are we doing? So they chase after the bus. They stop it. They, the bus finally stops. And they open the door. Jim Carrey's trying to catch his breath. It's like, ladies, sorry, my apologies. My friend here is an idiot. He's like, the town is actually down that way. And he points. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, anyways, to me, the, the, the bus was playing in the National Hockey League or, you know, playing pro that year. It was there. The opportunity was there. I did not have a clear picture whatsoever. My picture was going back to junior. Right. And, and, and that's why I am so big on the goaltenders or anyone, even as an entrepreneur, having that crystal clear picture of the future that you want to create, or just like when you're building that house, you know, you get the drawings rendered, so you know exactly what it's going to look like beforehand. And what a powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. You know, yes. Yes. Well, it cost me lots of money by, by not having that clear picture. <laughs> right. Lots of good memories and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but what a powerful way for you to see that story 
Like, cause there are so many different interpretations that you could have made. And it really, it really demonstrates sort of your, your mental uh, ability to reposition and pivot. And so like what happened after that? Like you recognize where the, where the opportunity was that you missed and then yeah. what? And then what I, I went back to junior to play in Victoria as a 20 year old. And I remember a month into the season, I, I called Marshall Johnson back again. He was like my kind of direct contact with New Jersey. And I'm like, Marshall, I think I should be under contract. I think you, you guys should assign me to it. Cause there were two or three other guys on my team under contract. And I, I had no idea. I just thought I should be under contract. And so I called me because like, okay, I'll, I'll get back to you. And then I just never, never heard back from, I didn't get invited back the next year. And, and I wouldn't have invited me back if I was them. And so what happened was, at the end of that year, I went to University of, of Calgary. I did have offers to go and play pro, say, in the East Coast League and stuff like that. But I, I thought I would take it and go play Canadian University. Their, their head coach at the time was a really good guy. His name's Willie Deschardins. He's been a National Hockey League coach. And, and their assistant coach was Mike Johnson, who is a Portland Winterhawks guy right now. But he was, I think he was coaching LA Kings. And, and so I went there and, and played for two years and, and you know, it, it, it was great. My second year, I thought I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a comeback. That's it. And I put everything into hockey. And then we went to like the frozen four. It was in Toronto at varsity arena. And we are, we fly in, we're practicing, we're practicing and just a half an hour practice just to get used to everything. And at the end of the practice, one of my uh, players, you know, hit a rut in the ice and kind of fell into me and blew, blew my knee. Uh, I remember we were on like TSN the next day. And I was like, I was, I was like, don't worry, I'll be all right, I'll play. But I got up the next day, I couldn't even stand up, right? It was, and then of course, I, I just blamed it on life. Like, life, why is this, this happening to me? As opposed to, I can remember earlier in the year, the physical therapist at University of Calgary saying, you got to work your knees out consistently. They're not as strong as they need to be. And I just kind of blew it off, blew it off. And, and to me, that comes down to the other key principle is that you have that clear picture, yet, then there's what's called the compound effect. And have, have you, have you read the book or heard the story of the compound effect, Pauline? I have, but I'm sure that there's many listeners that have not. Yes. It's a great book. Darren Hardy. It's, it's, it's an easy read. It's a, it's a simple read. And, and he actually talks about the magic penny and he, and he, he says to someone, I think he says to someone, I don't know if this is exactly how the story goes. He goes, do you want a penny today? That's going to double every day for the next 31 days or a million bucks right now. And a lot of people take the million dollars. And because like after seven days, that penny is only about 20 cents or it's not very much. And after 14 days, it's still only maybe $10 after 21 days. It's, I think it's $10,000 after 21 days, even though it's doubled every day. And, but after 28 days, it actually gets to 1.3 million by day 31. I think it's like 8 million or 10 million. And his whole point is the compounding effect. And so whatever it is that we want to accomplish, if we have that clear picture, what are going to be the key actions that are going to help us get there? And then we go back to set time, set place, set agenda, just put the, 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 the work in right again and again. And I never did that for my knee that year. And then I ended up, uh, you know, it ended up going on me right at a key time, uh, for, for, for my team. And so I was, I was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was not, not very good. I did go play pro the next year, but I only had like half a knee for the rest of my career, basically. And I, I did play in Sweden for a year and played for two or three more years, uh, as far as that goes, but really underachieved. And, and to me, the main thing is the, the number one, the clear picture. The second is, is the whole compound effect. 
Oh, I may love those both. Those are such great lessons for us to take a look at is doing the consistent work. And we talk a lot about it here on this podcast, but like creating micro habits and then doing them day in and day out. It's, it's boring work, honestly. You know, Pete, I find myself even bored with the simple act of like having a glass of water first thing in the morning, distinct from picking up my, my cell phone and getting to email and like working out first thing in the morning and working out for me, you know, it's nothing like your professional athletes. It's like getting 10,000 steps in, in the morning or like getting in a, a 30 minute cardio session, like whatever it is, maybe hitting the, my yoga mat, but it's that ritual of doing the thing, like just do the thing over and over and over again. So I love that the compound effect, because that's really where you find your true riches. The best do what the rest are not prepared to do, right? The best do what the, and, and the little things that we can do or choose to do or not to do each day are going to really make the, make, make the big difference, right? Um, I have, I have my wall here. I think it's from the former prime minister of India, I believe it is. What does he say? He says, doesn't sound very positive at first, but he says, you cannot change your future. He says, you can change your habits and change habits will change your future. Oh, I so love that. It's kind of like an oxymoron. You, you can't change your future, but he goes in to say that you actually can just through change, changed habits there. Right. Making those small shifts every day. Yes. So, I mean, well, Pete, I love everything that you're sharing here today. And I, I know um, you guys can't see this, but Pete's backdrop actually has all of his uh, different books that he has. So, you know, one of the books that he has, which I actually love and read for personal use is um, Goalie Mindsets and Secrets. And then he also has a success journal really from a goalie game mastery and then goalie practice mastery. And so if anyone listening wanted to grab these books, Pete, how can they do that? They can just go, go on Amazon. Okay, they can cool. Go on Amazon. You can check my, my website out. I think it's just petefry.net, just petefry.net. And uh, yeah, I, I am working on some other you know general books as well too, but my main focus is the, is the goaltenders. Oh, I love it because every single concept can be applied to real life. And if you want to hear more with Pete, you can check him out. He also has a podcast. Can they find their, your pod? Where can they find your podcast? Pete? I think, it, I think the podcast is goalie mindset secrets. I think if you go on Amazon and you put in goalie mindset secrets, I think the book and the podcast does, does come up there. Okay, perfect. Well, we'll make sure to add that into the show notes. And then, you know, I wonder, Pete, like if you could leave the listeners with, with one thing, because you've already given us two really powerful messages, which is, you know, understand your clear picture. What's your clear picture? Where you're going? What are you looking to accomplish? And then this compound effect. Yes. So, so here, here's what I would say. I, I would really leave everyone with, if you, I'll see a lot of people have a clear picture but it, it's like put away somewhere in a drawer in their house and they never really see it or, or pull it out. So I would say that the biggest thing I would say is, is if you don't have that clear picture, make sure you create it, make sure you create it. And then do something where every morning you can see it, put it near your bed. Uh, put, I, I, I tell my goalies to put it on, on the roof of, or on the ceiling above their bed so they can see it every morning when they wake up or put it near their bed. At least that's what I would say. And, and, or if you have a morning routine that you do work it into that morning routine where you, you do see that, see that clear picture of where you're going and it can be way out there. And then you can also back it up so that there's, there's, 
there's shorter term. That's where you put in the work, right? The whole compound effect to, to get there. I love that. Well, I mean, you know, Pete, I thank you so much well, for a couple of things. One, I, I really thank you for just being such an inspiration to my son and, you know, really supporting us as a hockey family in not only I'll say the thing of hockey, cause you know, like you've kind of demonstrated here with your story, hockey, it, it, it will be here, but it's the practices and the principles that you're teaching that are lifelong tools. And, you know, I will be forever grateful for us running into you in Michigan and really supporting the Caballero household in not only just Noah's journey, but you know, we have another future goaltender. So I'm sure we'll be in touch lots. And yeah, yes, you well, bet. Looking forward to working with them. Yeah. But you know, we need more people to take care because it takes a village yeah. to, to really raise the children. Um, you know, um, I forget who said that, but uh, maybe it was Michelle Obama who says it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. And Margaret Mead, um, I mean, I've said this quote before on this podcast, but never doubt what small acts from committed citizens can do to change the world because in fact, it's the only thing that other has. And your acts are changing young athletes' mindset over and over again. Awesome. Thank you. I really, really appreciate the kind words. And it's always a pleasure having a conversation with, with yourself. PC, I'll call you PC from now on. I love it. Well, Pete Fry, we will see you soon. Thank you for your time here today. Thanks, Pauline.